you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode number 377, and I'm dedicating this one to fathers. We'll talk a little training, a little fatherhood, and then we're gone. Blackmanwithagun.com, Ken Blanchard's pro-gun podcast. All right, first I want to say a happy Father's Day to all the fathers listening to the Black Man with a Gun show. I am Ken Blanchard. I'm so glad you decided to join me again. You know, this week, this weekend being Father's Day, something was just on me that I had to had to get out. So I'm going to take a little, little side trip away from the firearms per se because I care more about you than I do about the guns and the products and the reviews and all that stuff. You're my important person today. So I got a little message for fathers and for fatherhood. And if there are any ladies listening right now, uh, this one is not for you. But you can still listen, though. Well, hopefully I don't offend you. But I'm telling you right up front, I'm talking to the brothers. After John Wayne leads us in a pledge of allegiance, let's get on with episode number 377. I want to talk to you about that book that uh, I got last week. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, last week I talked about a book that I just received called This Nonviolent Stuff, A Get You Killed. How Guns Made the Civil Rights Movement Possible by Charles E. Cobb Jr. And I got to tell you, this book is like, like, a, like a book that was written from a family reunion. Yeah. This guy fills in all the blanks of uh, a couple of stories you've heard. You've heard about the Deacons of Defense and Justice. You've heard about Robert Williams, um, author of uh, the original Negroes with guns. And then you've heard about the Black Panther Party for defense and justice and the Mississippi uh, civil rights leaders and what happened with King. And there's some some fill in the blank parts here that they're missing from other other stories. Now, the last book I read um, was a really good book. uh, Negroes with arms and. um no, Negroes and the Gun, The Black Tradition of Arms by Nicholas Johnson. Almost misquoted a man. That one is like a history book. You'll read some stuff in there you've never seen before. But this one, this one goes in between the cracks. It's like the dash. If you talk about from 1950 to 1969, this one fills in the blank. You don't just get... Um, a little bit of stuff. You get some colored detail because this guy was actually involved in some of it. He was a part of SNCC. And that's very interesting. A lot of folks have checked it out. I thought it was, uh, it was real interesting because he doesn't like come off like a know-it-all. He just kind of tells the story. And then he, he adds some scholarly stuff in there, but it's also emotional because it, it hits on people that he knew and he talked to firsthand. Folks that he, that he was with. I like it like that. 
It's easy to read. Uh, it's it'll get you caught up. I mean, you'll be talking, you'll be reading about these people, and he'll throw a little song ditty in there, or uh, some stuff about the civil rights movement that you didn't even know was going on at the same time. See, we nobody is ever one way or the other. We're all made up of different things, and that's what he brings in. He brings in the whole color, the the aspect of um, the, the black man's struggle, both against the oppressors and his own people against his community, against the church, against uh, the people who thought about nonviolence and just protecting your family and, and how you had to deal with that thing and how we've come from being a rebelling slave to a free person. The whole cycle analysis of it, the whole, the whole structure of it. It's a pretty cool book overall. I want to read you some little bit excerpts from the author's note. It says one of the most crucial but most ignored aspects of the freedom struggle of the 1950s and 60s is how we were in time and collective historical memory to slavery and the post-Civil War Reconstruction era. Each generation of black people carries a memory of the struggles taken on by the generations that preceded it. And that memory settles in the collective soul and becomes the foundation for the struggle of one's own generation. To borrow words from author and professor Jan Carew, we are haunted by ghosts in our blood. I was born in 1943, just 80 years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, a nanosecond in historical time. I was told stories of my family's enslavement by my great aunt, Hattie Kendrick, who was told them by her father and other relatives who had been born into slavery. My grandmother, Ruby Mose, Kendrick, whose mother was born into slavery, was a publicist for the National Association of Colored Women's Clubs, founded by Mary Church Terrell, who was born the year Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1950. When I was seven and she was 86, Miss Terrell was leading sit-ins and pickets, protesting segregation and employment discrimination in Washington, D.C., these stories represent but tiny drops in the great pool of black historical memory, yet they greatly affected people who, like me, joined the freedom movement with the winds of history at our backs. Indeed, most of the adults we worked with in the South were only two or three generations removed from slavery or its immediate aftermath. For example, the grandparents of Fannie Lou Hamer were born into slavery. Others we worked with were children during the violent horrors that followed the destruction of Reconstruction governments and the redemption of white supremacy, an era that spilled over into the early years of the 20th century. Yet these men and women could also remember that even during this, this time of terror, there were pockets where black authority lingered. They could point to instances of courage, rebellion, and resistance, as well as to moments of brutal oppression. This book, although analytical and carefully researched, is not objective in the strictest sense of the word. Rather, it's a fleshing out and contextualizing of the stories I began hearing in childhood, continue to hear as a young freedom movement activist in the South, and have been reflecting on all my adult life. Importantly, this book is also more than a collection of stories and personal reminiscences about the Southern freedom movement of the 1950s and 60s. It's an effort to think carefully about the past and to understand its lessons. Recognizing that, as William Faulkner once put it, the past is never dead. It's not even past. 
My goal has been to help us understand ourselves as a nation, cutting through platitudes and romance about the Southern freedom movement, as well as persistent stereotypes about black people. I wish to demonstrate in an unexpected way how black people and their responses to white supremacist oppression continue and advance the struggle that was articulated as a constitutional ideal in the formation of the United States to form a more perfect union. I draw on and embed in this story reflections and analysis rooted in my experiences as a student nonviolent coordinating committee, SNCC, field secretary from 1962 to 1967. This book is neither a memoir nor autobiography, yet in some aspects of it, it is my story. SNCC was unusual in placing its field secretaries in rural southern communities to work from the bottom up instead of from the top down. Living among the dun-trodden and resilient black men and women of the Deep South, I underwent a subtle conversion. The principles and illusions I had brought with me of nonviolence, of the uniformity of the southern black experience, were reshaped by the men and women I encountered there. Especially important among life, among these life-changing adults, was Ella Josephine Baker, a name that I should have known much better, for we young children in the freedom movement were and are in many ways her political children. Of all the adults we encountered, she she did the most to steer us into grassroots organizing. We in SNCC were radicalized by working with people in their homes and communities much more than ideology. Uh, Dimensions of black culture and black community experience opened up and became clearer to us. The real story of the Southern Freedom Movement lies within this work, and neither what took place in the South nor what what the United States is today can be fully comprehended without it. And through my stumbling, that was the author's introduction, and it is just like he said, I mean, he's, t- he's telling some stuff. I mean, he, it's just a, it's a good read. If you buy a book this summer, check this one out. You can get it on Amazon. Has a few photos, I mean, just a few, but um, and a, on a whole bunch of, uh, what do you call it, when in, in the back, concordance, where it tells you where all the notes, all the footnotes, footnotes, tons of footnotes to all his sources, and uh, the exact quotes, the acknowledgments. Um, it's it's a it's from Basic Books, uh, Perseus Books Group, Charles E. Cobb Jr. And I'd like to shake this guy's hand. After you buy the Black Man with the Gun Reloaded, get this one too, as well as Nicholas Johnson's book. All right. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. All right, I want to share this with you from my friend Brandon Wright. Brandon's been on the show before. I met him at the G4S International Training, and he has a blog called InnovativeShootingConcepts.com. I'll put a link to it on the show notes for episode number 377, and he has a shooting drill for you. He says, but please be safe when practicing this drill. 
and you can easily have an accidental discharge or worse, shooting yourself in the leg. So practice this dry to build your confidence. And he says, you have been warned. The purpose of this drill is to practice complex motor functions as fast as you can. Can you process what needs to be done and execute all aspects of the drill perfectly? The hits on target are not as important with this drill. You have to push yourself and see just how fast you can go. It is to perform a slide lock reload and fire one round. So when it's time to make the hits count, you're ready. The drill, distance, three to five yards. Starting position, standing, facing the target, arms relaxed by your side. What you have to do is draw the gun from the holster, fire one round, perform a slide lock reload, and fire one round. He says you should start to see your draw time and reload time come down. Both manipulations, draw, reload, should be close to the same time. If your draw is twice as fast as your reload, then it's time to practice your reloads and not so many draws. And he says, good luck and be safe. And Brandon wants you to follow him on Facebook. He has a right, W-R-I-G-H-T, hyphen, shooting. And you'll find him on Instagram at right shooting. And there's links to it again on the show notes for episode number 377. Thank you, Brandon, and hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Speaking of instruction, I want to give a quick shout out to my friends from Discover Shooting Now. They allowed me to squat in their booth doing a book signing at the Dallas Expo last weekend. Discover Shooting Now. They provide concealed carry uh, training, and they also do the uh, Utah concealed carry courses. They are NRA certified instructors. And it's a nice, nice married couple that will travel around Virginia and wherever you need them to go. Uh, they're pretty knowledgeable about the concealed carry laws in this area. And they do a lot of one-on-one coaching and they can do groups. And you'll find out more about them at discovershootingnow.com. And I'd be negligent if I told you not to check out um, my man Dave's article over at gunrightsmagazine.com. He has an article about mandatory training which is very important, that we shouldn't forget that even if you are a firearms trainer, that you should be trying to get retrained and trained from different elements at all times. You got to stay current with this thing. So thanks, Dave, for that. Dave Cole, gunrightsmagazine.com. has a great article about mandatory training. And now, our featured presentation. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in my listening audience. Father's Day in the United States is the third Sunday in the month of June. In 2014, this year, it's on the 15th. Father's Day is a celebration honoring fathers and celebrating fatherhood, paternal bonds, and the influence of fathers in society. It was created after Mother's Day. It doesn't have the same intensity. Every year, there's a big push to sell and use the day for marketing. Everybody does it. There are companies like Cabela's and Lucky Gunner and Silver Eagle Group Range and Silencer Co. trying to market Father's Day gifts. Um, There's always some article talking about watches and shaving stuff and gadgets, tech stuff that dads might like. There's always some clothing article that folks will throw at you, and there's always some sporting equipment. But you, my brothers, you know what you really want. Not some personalized ink pen, club, or stick. 
tell the truth. So what does a father really want? To truthfully answer that, I thought I had about the three elements that might make my definition of a father up. He's a man first. He's a parent and hopefully a husband. And today's message is for the real man in my audience. I believe that today men are losing their confidence and their self-esteem. Many won't even stand for principles like freedom anymore. Not you, but you know the guys that you see at your job. And the women in our lives, they're stressed out right along with us. Political correctness reigns, and any reference to the male gender is being stamped out of our language. For example, all over the country, the term manhold even is being replaced with the term utility hole or maintenance hole. The emasculation of the man, the the feminization of men. Um, You can get a show pretty good if you uh, don't mind looking a fool. Men are going through hell right now, truth be told. In America today, the percentage of men in prison, all-time high. The percentage of men with a job is near all-time low. And the percentage of children living without a father is at all-time high. Our system beats up our boys and our young men so badly that only the relatively small percentage of them earn a degree or even make it to an adulthood as a strong, independent young man that is able to take care of themselves and start a family on their own. Less than 65% of all the men in the U.S. have jobs. Unemployed men are significantly more likely to get divorced than employed men are. Thanks to our government policies, which are killing off small businesses in America, the percentage of self-employed Americans is at an all-time low. Approximately 25% of the entire global prison population, even though it only has 5% of the total global population, Men make up the vast majority of those that are in our prison. About two-thirds of all students in special education programs are boys. The average American girl spends five hours a week playing video games. The average American boy spends 13 hours. Marriage rate in the U.S. has fallen to all-time low. Right now, it's about 6.8% per 1,000 people. The U.S. family is rapidly breaking down. 100 years ago, 4.52 were living in an average U.S. household. But now the average is uh, 2.59 people. So what do men want? Just some recognition for what they do as a father, as a husband. They want to be able to protect. They want to be proud. They want to feel accomplishment. They want to be sure. They want to be esteemed and satisfied, full, acknowledged, loved, appreciated, understood, and heard. That's what our men want. That's what you would rather have than a new pair of socks or a tie. Am I right? And as a Father's Day gift, what do you want, really? What does any parent want? You want your kids to do well. You want your kids to to recognize that you made the right decisions for him, that you're making the best that you can do. What does the husband want? To be acknowledged by his wife. To be esteemed by his wife. To be supported by his wife. Father's Day gifts. It's not... We can buy our own crap. Am I right? If you're a new father, don't fear fatherhood. It's unknown to us all in the beginning. Your child thinks you know everything until you tell him or her otherwise. 
Your wife thinks you know everything until you prove, say, or show her otherwise. We all come into this world the same, unless you're a test tube, baby, with no choice in the matter. No one teaches you how to become a good parent. You must learn how by osmosis, by doing, by trial and error, and by every human way imaginable to do the best you can. Not to do so is wrong. Not to take the lead with your children is weak. Fatherhood is not esteemed among men as it is to women, and that's kind of sad. If you're not active in it, to me it's a loss of control. To be a good parent is a special bond between you and your wife. Biblically, if I could go there for a hot second, King David was called a man after God's own heart. But he was a pathetic father, though. He was too busy being a king to be the father of his children and a husband of one wife. He had too many wives and too many children. He had quantity, but not quality. Unhappy homes make unhappy children. If you're too busy for home, you're just too busy. Why am I saying all this? Because this is, this is unlike any other show. You know that, right? You know I care about the right to keep and bear arms. You know I care about our freedom. But our society is kind of broke right now. And I know that the people who listen to this show care. So for the mature, for the, the older brother, for the, the one who gets it, even if you're not older, even if you've got more sense than folks your age, you're probably listening to this show. So I'm just going to give you some, some background, some encouragement, some thoughts to let you know that you're on the right track. See, the testament of true strength is not measured in physical power, but in stamina. You know, a power lifter can lift a thousand pounds, doesn't have to keep it up that, that long, and then they drop it to the floor. They don't have to ease that thing back down. True strength is the ability to sustain. Plan to be around forever, but love like this is the last day you have. Your child will love you unconditionally. So be a man about it and show some love back. A lot of us grew up in households where men, that, that wasn't cool to be uh, affectionate to their kids. And you know who suffered for that? Both of us, the parent and the child. You're missing out. Don't be the one that pushes your kid away. You know, we teach hatred, failure, greed, what's acceptable behavior, how to treat other people, how to treat our mothers, others, and even by your absence, you can be teaching. Brothers, it's your responsibility. Take the opportunity to teach them how to be a leader as well. Physically, any able man can become a father. But I say, show me a daddy. Daddy, that word is powerful. It's even more potent when your wife and your child can call you that. You know, it's kind of a turn on when your woman calls you daddy, when you're making love to her, maybe. But I'm talking about this is all the time. Let it be a badge of honor that few of us hold. Be the daddy. You've been conferred with that title and go with that honor and all that it entails. So go for it, big daddy. Don't be afraid to lead. But lead what? Lead your household. This Father's Day, I just want to put in your spirit, your plant in your mind that maybe it's time for you to get some focus. You know, we kind of lost our focus in this world. That's why our households are a mess. That's why our kids are a mess. That's why our communities are a mess. And it just keeps on going and spiraling out like uh, that little ripple when you 
Thor Rock in a pond. Winston Churchill said, We will never reach our destination if we stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Now this thing about open carry Texas on that one. Now you know that was some just foolish stuff, right? Folks have already made comments about it, about open carrying long guns. and But that isn't the only thing. We've been fighting each other for a couple of weeks now. That's just gave us the biggest target to hit. There's some stuff we need to just tighten up on our own. Deal? And I know some of y'all won't even agree with that either because some of us are so full of ourselves that we can't be wrong, that we can't uh, adjust, that we can't change our modus operandi. I know. I hear you. I see what you write on Twitter. I see what you write on Facebook. I see what you post in your blogs. Some of us are full of it. That's why our eyes are brown. But if you can still listen, if you can still think, well, maybe I can change where I'm working. That's all I'm asking you to do is to consider it. Nothing changes unless we do. We've kind of lost our focus on some stuff. We've, As men, we've lost our focus. We kind of like fell into that whole groove and we're just surviving. We're letting the kids grow up on their own. We're not giving much attention to the missus, the bills, the people at our jobs, the politics. We make little comments here and there. We get to, to run away from the family with the sports thing or we go out and play golf and hide. I mean, we got tons of stuff, but we're not doing anything. We have lost our focus. And focus is short for Follow one course until successful. One of your focuses should be your family. In the next 365 days before the next Father's Day, I challenge you to be a better dad. Not a father, a daddy. I want you to be, because it's going to take a while. You've got to undo the stuff you've done. You're going to have to change your pattern and bring your family back together. Make it stronger so that when The holidays come around next year. They want to celebrate you because daddy is the king. Daddy makes it happen. Daddy loves us. Maybe you got that going on already. Then I say, boy, man, way to go. But a lot of us don't. A lot of us are fighting the funk. Faking it. So what have I just done? Now I just talked about fatherhood. I talked about Father's Day. Told you there's more important to be a daddy than a father. I asked what men really want. I talked about how jacked up our society is, and maybe we should fix it one home at a time. I told you that the system beats up our young boys, and we become men that have been beaten up. And all we really want is to be recognized, to have some self-esteem, to be appreciated for what we do. Don't care about the gizmos and the ties and the clothing and the cologne and all the, t- and the watches and all the crap they give you. You really want to be loved 365 days. You want to be appreciated. But it has to start with you, too. You're going to have to love you. You're going to love your home. You're going to have to have some focus. And more than your career, I'm talking focus on taking care of the people that you have. You have to become a steward of what what I believe God has given you. I know this doesn't apply to you or maybe you, but maybe it does apply to you. If you understand where I'm coming from, you you can shake your head now. This is just one friend talking to another. Somebody who cares, who wants your home to be right, to be not broken. Because we can fix 
our own situation. We can't fix the neighbor. We can't fix the country, but we can fix our house. And it won't happen overnight either. You're going to have to work on that thing. But I, I know you can. I have faith in you. Mend the relationships. Be a leader. Work on becoming a daddy. We want the best for our kids and want the best for our home. And that's my prayer and my wish for you this Father's Day. That it becomes that for you. One gun owning brother to another. This is just some of the stuff that's been on my heart all week. And I want to talk to my friend about it. So I'm just sharing with you. This is a pro-gun podcast. But I'm talking about stuff that matters to us. And you know, in your quiet time when there's just nobody you're not at the gun store, not at the range. We're talking just man to man. There's some stuff that you could fix. And there's some stuff that you got some some secret pain. There's some hurt that happened and you didn't do something right. And, and now on this Father's Day, maybe you missing your dad. He didn't do all the right stuff. And you want to change that, but you just kind of, kind of missed it with your kids. There's still time. One day at a time. One conversation at a time. I believe in you. I said that already, right? Well, I do. You can do this. I'm wishing you a very happy Father's Day. I, I really do. I'm, I'm saying it as a listener of the Black Man with the Gun show. You're already a cut above a lot of people to me. Brothers, take care of your household. I know you got the gun thing down. We got the Second Amendment. We, we trying to fight that thing through for freedom for our country. There's some stuff that we got to do politically. There's some stuff we got to do legislatively. There's some stuff we got to do. But there's also there's some homes that need to be fixed. And only a father, only a daddy can do that. Thanks for listening to your brother. Peace and happy Father's Day. All right, here's a Father's Day story for you. Me and my little son, we were outside. We were eating picnic food, and I was cooking out on a grill, and I had uh, corn on the cob just fresh out of the pot and hot dogs, and he was separating the bread from the hot dog, and he had his hands was all sticky with mustard, and he was cracking me up. And I was sitting at this table and trying to get the splinter out of my leg, and we were just having a good old father and son time, and my son looks at me and says, Dad, are bugs good to eat? I said, let's not talk about that kind of stuff at the table, man. We're we eating dinner. And after we got done, I, I thought about it. I said, hey, what did you want to ask me? My son said, oh, nothing. There was a bug floating around in your punch, but, uh, but you drank it. Hey, I want to introduce you to a new podcast that I'm starting called Motorcycle Radio. Yeah. Check it out. Coming soon. MotorcycleRadio.us I'm going to share my passion of motorcycles by introducing people and machines and the culture. Never ride alone again. From beginners to seasoned veterans, you can be part of the conversation on riding tips, tricks, storage, safety, equipment, touring, racing, traveling, or just motoring around the city. It's going to be family friendly, fun, and it will give you some good memories. Even if you don't ride, it's going to make you want to. Motorcycle Radio Podcast is coming out soon. 
check it out. Uh, I'm building it up real slow, trying to use all the stuff I've learned in the last couple of years as a podcaster. MotorcycleRadio.us. Just remember that I'm not there yet, but I'm closer than I was yesterday. If you don't change direction, you may end up where you're heading. Blackmanwithagun.com All right, check out the show notes for episode number 377. I got a surprise for you there. It's a big old YouTube video. Remember in Conan the Barbarian, he says, what's important, what's best in life? Yeah. Well, check out this video. It's a little different. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my life. So much so that I care about your family. And so next week, this is your friend and your brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. And I just got to tell you one more time. I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. 